Welcome to The Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 15, Chapter 72, To Die For. Alice begins shooting a documentary about Riverdale and the latest mystery involving one of its own. Betty, Archie, and Veronica fall deeper into a web of lies as the investigation gets underway. This is a good episode. What are they doing? And that we had two in a row. They're good. Like, really good. Because what they did with this one, which was very, very smart, is that they wove in... Not all, but a lot of those future scenes that they showed us, the flash forwards, so we got to see them in context. They didn't just throw them away. We haven't seen all, I don't think we've seen all of them, but we saw them play out. We saw the most important ones for sure. Yeah, we like we saw them, we've seen them in context. And our meta writer got so many moments this episode. Yeah. From some of the side characters that we've wanted involved more. Yeah, the one with Kevin, I'm just like, this is such fan service and I fucking hate it. Really? I kind of laughed. I I was really annoyed with it because of just the history with the way they talk about Barchi. And I'm just like, fuck off. Because you're going to do whatever it takes to get ratings. That's (laughs) what it really comes down to. So fuck off. I enjoy it because Kevin has always been the one to comment on the drama. Kevin is the perfect person to, like, if they had had anybody else, I would have been like, fuck no. Kevin's the only person who could have had that conversation because it's a wonderful callback to S1E1. It made me giggle and I enjoyed it. So we start off the episode with, you know, life's not like an Agatha Christie novel. It's a lot messier. (laughs) Which is a callback to S1E13, to Riverdale and back again. Jughead says that, and that's one of my favorite lines. Like, I remember... Re- like hearing that and going, that's a great line. Uh huh. And so it's that quote and Jughead Jones, Forsyth Pendleton the third, <laughs> Jughead in quotes, birthday, death date, dun 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 dun. We're at the Not Cooper house and we see Alice, FP, Jellybean, and Betty, and they're sitting at the table and the phone rings. Betty gets up. She's very stoic. Uh huh. Yeah, I I understand. Thank you. And Alice is like, honey, what's wrong? So we cut to Betty's bedroom and she's being filmed now. Alice is making a 90s style true crime documentary. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It is a throwback to some of those mid 90s true crime ones where it's very handheld and low budget. It's murder in a small town. This is a classic storytelling device. I'm fine with it. Some of those are really great documentaries. It's just that they had no money. (laughs) Sure. And Alice doesn't have a job. So what else is she going to fucking do? (laughs) The style of it is pitch perfect so they have this conversation betty got a phone call from yale saying that they recently had a spot opened up in their class of 2024 after a second review of her application they want her to fill it and the implication being that it was jughead's spot which is gross and then alice asks her how does that make you feel and betty says mom do we and then she starts to like make that i'm gonna cry face (laughs) We cut to Al Smith in front of the Riverdale town sign, and we see Kevin Keller is working two cameras for her. <laughs> it was a night like any other when Forsyth, Pendleton Jones III, or Jughead, affectionately, went to a school party in the woods. But unlike his peers, Jughead never came home. A few days later, his body was discovered at the bottom of a ravine. The mysterious circumstances around his death are the subject of this documentary. I'm Alice Smith, and this is Murder in a Small Town. It's so good. Like, it's cheesy as fuck, but I love it. Cut directly to filming with Nana Rose. As the oldest resident of our town, tell us, Nana Rose, when did the darkness begin to take hold of Riverdale? Riverdale was a town born in blood and is bathed in it ever since. Nana's being extra. Oh, sure. Why not? It's great. I feel like Nana knows she's on camera and so is just playing it up. She's bored. What else is she going to do? <laughs> Nothing. She's, she lives with Cheryl. Oh, God. Yeah. That's who she lives with. <laughs> and a baby. Two, Two babies. babies. Two babies. We come on over to Pops. And Betty is ordering some food. Cheryl comes in and instantly hugs Betty. And Betty's like, thank you. (laughs) And Cheryl's instantly being super extra. Sweet cousin, I am so sorry. It looks like the Blossom family curse has finally cut up to you. And now I have a rival as teen queen of tragedy. Okay. And Betty's like, lucky, lucky me. (laughs) She's like, promise me you won't do it. Do what? Take your own life. We all know that you and Jughead were Riverdale High's Hamlet and Ophelia. Which is like really heavy handed, but I do like that she goes on, I know what it's like to lose your other half. 
and despairing thoughts can flood without warning. Don't let them take you down. This is very true. This is very sweet. Mm -hmm. Like, as over the top as Cheryl is being, and again, I want to reiterate, I don't give two shits about rehabbing Cheryl. She could die in a fire, and I don't give two shits. (laughs) Like, I like this. I think this is a very honest and sweet moment. Yes. So I appreciate it. And everybody's like, I'm good. And so Cheryl's like, don't worry. You're on suicide watch. I'm going to be your shadow. No, please, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. My, my mom is already being clingy enough with her documentary. I can't have anyone else invading my personal space. I love how much she's trying to be nice about it, but it does not read that way at all. No, please, no. <laughs> Go like, away. This is li- you're literally the last person I want doing this. <laughs> Please get like, away from me. Anybody else but you. <laughs> she would rather have Donna being that close to her than Cheryl at mm, this point. I guess. Cheryl just completely ignores this. It's like, what's first on today's agenda? She's got to go to Stonewall to get Jughead's belongings. Great. My convertible's out front. And Betty's just like, fine, but you're staying in the car. <laughs> So we go to Jughead's dorm, and this is the first scene that we've seen before. It's the scene with her looking at his stuff, and she's crying, and Brett's just like, save it. You got your wish. It's just going to be you and me in New Haven. But what we we hadn't seen before is as she's leaving and she's walking through the hallway, she stops and stares at Donna and Joan's door. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Two things. Okay. First, that Cheryl scene, the flat affect that Betty has right now uh-huh. could, could be shock, theoretically. Uh-huh. Sure. But already, I was getting that hint of, they know. This is an act. This is totally an act. Well, Cheryl doesn't know. No, Cheryl doesn't. And nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they all just assume Betty processes things differently than the rest of uh-huh. us. But it's so obvious, especially on a second watch, mm-hmm. that they have told the main three, be bad at this. <laughs> be bad at hiding the secret. And they, they go through different levels throughout the episode. No, that's not what it is. It's that they crack in, they are cracking in different places, which we get to in this next scene. Archie and Veronica are having sex and it's not going great. <laughs> this was so wonderful. I, I love this because this, like, I'm sorry, like, when it comes to teen shows, sex is either super fucking hot or it's a nightmare because someone gets pregnant or it's rape. That's all we get for teen sex. Yeah. That's really all it is. Sometimes it's just like, well, that just just didn't go great. (laughs) Like, like, ow, 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 you're on my hair. Ow. People don't finish. Things just get interrupted. Like, just shit happens. It's just like, (laughs) and it's no different when you're grown ups. It's just, it just shit happens. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's hilarious. I love it. You're on my hair. I'm not trying to overanalyze this rendezvous interruptus, but are you thinking what I'm thinking about? She's totally overanalyzing. A little bit. Oh, you mean Betty's whole kick the hornet's nest playing against the stonies? Yeah. Hermosa barges right in. You're here knocking. (laughs) You're going to be late for school, though I do understand how you get lost in those abs. And Archie's reaction is priceless. He just kind of looks at her like, did you really just say that to me? And Veronica's like covering him up. His his response, I don't believe we've met. (laughs) To which Veronica's like, that is quite intentional. What do you want? Or get out of my room. So Hermosa's like, so after you announced that you were possibly deferring Barnard, I called them. Well, Hermione Lodge called them. <laughs> You're under investigation. I wonder how Poppy will take that. Jesus. Rise and shine. The espresso's getting called. Like, So she basically just came in here to be like, I figured out your secret. Where was this all along? This should have been what she was doing all the time. Like, on the one hand, I was excited because the second time I watched this, I went, I really like Armosa. I like this dynamic. Their interactions and their costumes. Amazing. This whole episode. The pettiness of it all is adorable. And what their relationship should have been from the first episode that she showed up. When she first showed up, it should have been Armosa trying to play nice and Veronica being just a straight up bitch. Then it should have been... Hermosa like rubbing it in Veronica's face that now she's Poppy's favorite because Veronica's completely said fuck you to Hiram and then now it's this pretend let's play nice but really we're just like now it's this back and forth back and forth yeah but they should have had more constant interaction because this is hilarious and really entertaining we now are filming FP at the sheriff's office 
blah, 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 blah. We ID'd a body. We both, it was my son. Cardinal Jr. completed an autopsy. And now we're waiting for this rock to come back. And Alice asks him, you suspected foul play? Well, nothing's off the table. And earlier, did I hear you have a new lead? And FP says, like, I'm waiting on the warrant so I can act on it. FP looks terrible. Yep. As a father would be. Mm-hmm. We cut to Stonewall. Donna's walking down the hall and Brett stops her and says, hey, his dad is in your room. She goes in her room, starts yelling at FP. You can't be in here. To which FP hands her piece of paper and says, your headmaster and this warrant says otherwise. <laughs> and so like he's searching through a room. She's like, look, I, I have nothing that belonged to Jughead. He finds a tie pin that we've never seen before. It's the exact same type of tie pin that we saw from Chipping, but this one says FPJ123 <laughs> on it. And so we know it's Jughead's. And so, like, I have no doubt in my mind that that was planted. Oh, Betty. That's, w- what, that's what Betty was looking at the door. She had the tie pin. She went and planted it in their room. Betty bobby pinned the room and went in. So this was Betty's little sneaky move. That's why she had to go back to Stonewall. Yeah. And he's like, why do you have this? Jonas is like, when Forsyth was expelled, he threw his type in on our faces. I guess I forgot I had it. That's weak sauce, kid. It's true. And it's a shitty excuse. It's a excuse. And so she tries to pivot. We were afraid. You're going to have to be a lot more specific than that, which I, I like. She's like, we, we were afraid she'd do to us what she did to Forsyth. Who? Betty, of course. I love that she, they're blaming Betty. Love it. Donna's turning on the waterworks. Uh-huh. The night of the party, Brett and I decided to sneak into the woods to do what teenagers do until we saw Betty holding a rock standing over Jughead. And then we saw she wasn't alone. She was with those friends of her, Veronica and Archie, I think. Like, <laughs> I, I love like she's pretending to not know their names. And Effie's like, is there anyone who can back up this story? Brett can. He was with me. He was with me the whole time. So then we cut to the next scene that we've already seen before. We're at Riverdale High, Dr. Beaker's classroom, Archie Andrews, Betty Cooper, and Veronica Lodge are under arrest for the cold-blooded murder of my son, Jughead Jones. And then we see the continuation of that scene, which is new. We're walking down the hallway. Betty says to Archie and Veronica, this was their move. The Stonies, we knew they would do this. Veronica says, I hope you were right, Betty. Everything's fine, okay? This is good. This is where they start tripping up, okay? This will work. It has to. Riverdale. And I'll say, they're already tripping up. They yeah. weren't they weren't gonna accuse Betty right this quick. No, they, they were, weren't prepared to accelerate the timetable like they this. They were waiting for the rock to incriminate her. Yeah. And they weren't expecting him to show up with a warrant to look at their room. They weren't expecting a warrant at all. The only room they were expecting to have search was Jughead's room. So they were expecting Brett to be looked at. That's it. So now it's like fuck they, they've been tripped up twice now. And we're we just we just now got to the title card. Shit. This is so good. (laughs) This is good. They laid out a plan. I appreciate that. Now fucking do that with every other storyline and plot in your show. And hey, hire some sensitivity readers because you got some shit you need to deal with. Mm -hmm. We're filming with Pop at Pops. This is sweet. He's worked there his whole life. It sucks that his home has suffered so much bloodshed and violence. Jail door slam shut. You three sit tight. I'll be bringing you in for questioning one at a time. Then we're finally going to get to the bottom of what happened that night. You understand me? Okay, here's a question. Does FP know the score right this second? Yes. Okay. He had to know after the cell phone. He had to know when they called the search party because they had to fake his, they had to find his body. FP had to be the one to find the body. And then they had to fake his, his body being dead. Hmm. FP had to know. FP had to take Betty in because they had to make sure Brett and Donna saw Betty go in there. They he had to orchestrate all of that. Yeah, that's fair. No, they, he, this is all him playing, and he's tired. Yeah, which makes total sense. And I just want to say, I'm really glad that they made it very crystal fucking clear that the parents knew because there's no universe in which this plan makes any sense if the parents didn't know. Absolutely. And it's really easy to see in the story where FP knows. Like, it's very obvious. Like, of course he knows. Yeah. So Alice is... (laughs) This is so ridiculous. She's she's filming and she's talking directly to the camera. The interrogations came next. And although I wasn't allowed inside the room with the suspects, a source in the sheriff's office promised me exclusive access. Your source is FP. Oh, come on, Alice. Come on. (laughs) 
she goes full Mike Wallace in this like shaky hand cam. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so ridiculously good. It's kind of amazing and I love it. FP is talking to Veronica with Hiram there. When was the last time you saw him? I don't remember. Stonewall students say you saw him laying on the ground, bleeding from the head. Does that jog your memory? Hiram's like, that's enough FP my daughter had and has nothing to do with this mess. We cut to talking with Archie. Did you speak with Jughead at the night of the party? You don't have to answer that, Archie. That's Mary. And FP's like, you keep saying that in the last 20 questions before, Mary. And like Mary just keeps lawyering him. So like FP's getting frustrated. Then we cut to Betty. And Alice comes in. We don't have long. FP said he could only give me a few moments with you alone with the security cameras off. Betty, honey, I know you did it. What, mom? Seriously? (laughs) I love it. Like the other parents are like, my children would never do this. Betty's mom. I know you're a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alice fucking Cooper. (laughs) Like, and she's just like, you know, I understand what happens. We're driven by rage and desire. Acid attack. We still don't know anything about that. No, we don't. Yeah. But I do I do just love the fact that she's like, well, I know you didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. And so like Betty's like, it was the Stonies. FP comes in and he's like, forensics came back on the rock. And Alice is just like, oh, no. And they're like, and turns out it wasn't blood. Just run of the mill corn syrup. Theatrical stuff they used to make fake blood. Yay! I love the scream reference. <laughs> I really wish they would have had him like lick his middle finger like he does. Just just the tiniest little nod to it with that motion that he makes in Scream would have been <sighs> Chef's kiss. I didn't even think about that. And so like Alice, like, what does this mean? Yeah, you and your friends are free to go. Is this all for Alice, who then yes. publicizes it with the documentary stuff? Uh. Well, it is for Alice because they haven't told her. Yeah. Because Alice is investigating because they can't tell her. So they can't. She's got the biggest fucking mouth of anybody in that world. Exactly. And so I wonder then if it's like, okay, they're not telling her because they want her to spin their narrative for them. She's going to make other people uncomfortable and she is spinning their narrative, but she's also, she's furthering it and she's keeping it alive. They're like, Jughead's dead. Of course. It, it just, it makes sense. God, this is such a well-written episode. It really is. It's a well-thought-out episode. And that's what I'm more impressed by. <laughs> uh, we go over to Stonewall, and, like, Brett's in his room playing Space Invaders. And Donna comes in, put the controller down. And Brett's ignoring her, so she, like, throws the controller down. Hey! <laughs> we've got a problem. Betty and her friends were released from jail, and the rock tested negative for blood. And Brett's like... That's unexpected. Considering we watched Jonathan smear Jughead's blood on said rock, yeah, I'd say it's impossible. Which means either Betty somehow interfered and switched the bloody rock with a fake one, or Jughead's sheriff daddy is lying. I love their panic. Mm-hmm. I love that they're starting to panic. I love their panic, and I love that we took this short amount of time to put the final nail in the coffin of, yes, they murdered. They they attempted to kill Jughead. Like, this was their plan. Yes. I like that we're not pretending. We just don't really know the whys behind it. And that's fine. A why done it is just as good as a who done it, especially when you're twisting around like they are with the Well, the show. thing is, we've spent enough episodes with the who done it. Oh, yeah. We've solved that. Now we're going to spend the rest of this with a why. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be just as compelling. Once you've solved the who, like you, you can you can play with either of those questions. You don't have to answer both of them at the same time, and you can get some longevity out of your story that way. You just have to do it well, which they're doing. Shocking. Currently, I know. Currently, I know. I mean, <laughs> we, we've we've still got seven more episodes in the season, but come on. Whew. And so Brett asks, "What's your instinct?" I don't know. I have to think something about all of this. And we cut to very late at night. Betty gets a phone call, and this feels very scream to me. A little. Hello? I figured it out, Betty. It's 3 a.m., Donna. (laughs) What the hell do you want? You got too confident. Overplayed your hand. That rock found by the hiker wasn't smeared with synthetic blood. It was real, which means you're working with Jughead's dad, which made me wonder why would a sheriff, a father, help the girl who killed his son? He wouldn't, unless, of course, Jughead isn't dead at all. You saw his body, Donna. You and Brett burst into the morgue. I saw a body. I never looked into Forsyth's cold, dead eyes. I didn't even see his face, which is true. 
<laughs> so like, but he's like, are you seriously suggesting I made Jughead pretend to be dead? Yup. <laughs> Betty is so pitch perfect. She is. She's playing this so well. It, was- it- it gets so of, much sneakier. Both of them are playing this perfectly. Both these actresses are phenomenal. Yes. She's like, it's what I would have done. In fact, I would have done everything to make the lie seem real, to buy myself more time, to outwit my enemies. <laughs> so now you're keeping Jughead tucked away while seeming desperately searching for proof that could tie us to attempted murder. You're vamping. You won't beat us, buddy. I'm going to implode your little scheme and lead this investigation right to your doorstep. There's no way out of this for you fucking love her i just do i just i love her because i love somebody who wants to go up against like queen buddy i fucking love it and you know what for a while she was she was right up against her and now queen betty has returned and and yeah no i'm completely up like she's not working with charles like i don't know oh no No. not at all no let me go over to the not cooper house and it's morning morning mr jones time to have a funeral i did not catch it until now but the juxtaposition of that Happening after getting the phone call at 3 a.m. Uh-huh. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, time to go to next phase two. Yeah, like public wake. And if he's like, sure, whatever. We go to Pembroke and it's Hermosa and Veronica. Uh, Hermosa's wearing her pearl necklace. Veronica's wearing pearl earrings. They're both wearing the exact same colors. They're wearing different patterns, but they're wearing the same colors. This happens through the rest of the episode. They're basically wearing the same things. It's very interesting because they are now becoming more aligned. Well, well, if it isn't the jailbird. I'm innocent on all charges and was released within hours. I've never killed anyone, Hermosa. Maybe not, but it's better safe than sorry. And so she hands her a plane ticket and a passport. And Veronica opens it and it's it's the picture of Veronica as Monica with the wig. (laughs) Isn't that your alias? And Veronica's like, oh. I bet you'd love to run me out of town and get me out of the way so you can finally swoop in and take control of the family business. Tough luck. And she rips it all up and throws it at her. And her muscle's like, bitch. It's like, like you're, in, you're in trouble, lady. Like, you did a crime. Well, you you did a crime. You you run away. That's what you do when you do a crime. Yeah. But, you know, Hermosa doesn't know that it's a fake crime. <laughs> I did a fake crime. You don't leave when it's a fake crime. I, I did a double dog fake crime. There you go. Let me go over the gem. And the kids don't want to hang out with Archie because he's a murderer. I hate this scene. It's so stupid. It was unnecessary. <laughs> it's just, it just whatever. No. We cut. It's time to film Tony. Tell me about your friend, the late Jughead Jones. Uh, we were really similar in a lot of ways. We actually spent one night together. Ugh. And it was a moment that cemented our friendship. To which then we see Cheryl. What? I'm not threatened by what was surely one loveless tryst. <laughs> And then we hear Alice and Cheryl, what was your feelings on the subject? I'm sorry I called Jughead a hobo that one time. Is that it? I'm really sorry I called Jughead a hobo that one time. <laughs> Tony rolls her eyes. That's the most Cheryl answer of all. And you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. It's so Cheryl. I wouldn't change a thing. Ah, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, we go back to the Not Cooper house and we discover that Sweet Pea is still alive. <laughs> that's, that's the most important thing because it's, it's a good reminder. It's important. Brett and Donna and Joan, but I don't, I looked very closely, but I don't think we see Jonathan come in. No, we don't. Which I guess would explain, be explained later. They come in and Sweet Pea gets in their faces. Betty's like, it's okay, it's fine. And then they're like, oh, closed casket, call me Doubting Thomas, but that seems like a suspect choice with such a handsome cadaver. Jeez. Like, come on. She does not know how to slow play this. No, it's like you're being way too obvious. Betty explains, the funeral home didn't even want us to have the casket here, but it's serpent tradition. And if you make a scene, I'll throw your ass out. True. And then FP makes a speech, blah, blah, blah. Still looks terrible yeah he's clearly he's drinking that's the problem is that fp's drinking yeah he's falling off that wagon and he kind of gets upset and then but it's like okay i'll go as you know jughead was a fan of crime fiction detective stories so to honor him i'd like to read from one of his favorite sherlock holmes short stories the final problem lily is so good at being noticeably fake while still being very emotional yeah and so then she reads this last little bit from the story which, you know, like, it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that Jack had picked that purposely for this moment. Of course he did. Of course he did. We cut on over to the kitchen and FP is, like, drinking. And Hiram comes in and FP sees him like Mr. Mayor because 
Hiram's still the mayor. Yes. That's still a thing. That's still a thing. Uh, and Hiram's is like, you know, FP, look, this is a difficult time. In that case, it's too personal for you. It's too painful. So why don't you take a leave of absence from being sheriff? You came to my son's funeral to fire me? Of course not. Go to hell, Hiram. I quit. Oh. Nice. Okay. You know, we got to get FP out of here in the next seven episodes. So. Oh, boy. I think F. I think FP's going to jail. I mean. he's going. He's going to jail or he's going on the run with Grandpa. Something like that's happened because they're bringing grandpa. <laughs> they're bringing grandpa back. They gotta. You know this? I don't know this for a fact, but oh. it would be stupid not to. They brought it like he's gonna go on the run with his dad and make peace with his dad. Like that would be that would be a poetic way to send FP away with not murdering him. And FP's just like, I just can't with this fucking town anymore. He's gonna do a bad mm. and run away. Okay. Anyway, okay. So Donna with the tact of you know a sledgehammer. Goes up to Jellybean. You must really miss your brother. When was the last time you saw him? He isn't really dead, is he? Jesus Christ. And Betty just comes in and starts like, you're costing her? Oh, come on, Betty. You and I both know this is on act. Bitch, I'm done with you. Let's go. <laughs> fun. Serpent Betty Serpent is- Serpent Queen. Quite good. kind of fun. She should do it a little more often. And so then Donna starts looking at Brett. Do it, Brett. Do it. And so Brett- rushes towards the casket because he's going to open it. He wants to see that it's empty. This is so stupid. All the serpents and Archie stop him. (laughs) You preppies don't know when to quit. I love it how he keeps calling them preppies. Oh, thank you, Zach Morris. References. They kick him out. They leave. The end of that crap. (laughs) We go over to the Pembroke again. Same colored dresses with white and black accents. Colors and skirt. Like they're dressing them the same. It's pretty neat. I keep pointing it out because they're doing a really good job and being very consistent with it. And costumers deserve more credit, especially on a show like this, because I, I doubt other people are paying as close attention to it. So Hermosis comes in and she's like, okay, I don't know what kind of second rate detective this former Sheriff Jones is, but I took it upon myself to do a little investigating. Guess what I discovered? Which Veronica's like, enlighten me. You, Betty and Archie, told your parents drastically different versions of what happened the night of Jughead's death. And now Veronica's like, oh. Um, how did you find that out? Oh, I simply ingratiated myself to the right people, of course. So we see her. She goes and talks to Miss Andrews. Miss Andrews is wearing a pink top. She goes and talks to Alice, who is also wearing a pink top. You know, and so she comes back and she's like, I knew I was onto something. Now I want the truth. Or what, sister? Or I sit with Poppy, Mrs. Andrews, and Alice Smith down at the same table so they can compare notes. So Veronica's got no choice, right? <sighs> she's got to come clean. Just tell her, Mosa. Yeah. The funniest part here is, I think Hermosa doesn't give a shit if it's actually damaging to Veronica or not. Mm -hmm. She just wants the drama. She wants the dirt. She wants to know what's the dirt going on in town because I'm not in on it and I just want to know. It's like just there's there's scheming happening and I'm not involved. Just tell me, tell me what scheming is going on so I can have some fun too. We cut on over to the blue and gold office and Kevin comes in to talk to Betty. He's like, so, so is it true? What? The jughead, you know, live. What, Kevin? That's insane. Not to mention cruel. God. Which is fair. I'm sorry. Just what people are saying. Who? Everyone. Especially that girl at the funeral. You mean Donna Sweet? Yeah, that was her name. She was talking about it was all some elaborate ruse. When did Kevin become this oblivious to everything? He's not in the inner circle because they keep shoving him aside because he's not a character anymore. I hate it so much. All he does is tickling videos. I hate it so much. He's a prop. For drama and trauma. He's a trauma prop. That's what he is. That's what they all are. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so then we cut to filming with Kevin. Why do you think these stories about Jughead faking his death are gaining so much traction? And, you know, Kevin like tells us a sweet little story about Jughead being obsessed with Tom Sawyer and the story about him faking his death. And like, imagine being able to attend your own funeral. And then we cut to filming with Reggie. I love this so much. This is so, this is peak Reggie. You know? And the best, like, okay, Cheryl is very Cheryl season one, and Reggie was very Reggie season one, like very bro-y. And I'm like, I love it when they have these moments because it they feel like they're comic book selves in the best way. That That's what they should be doing. Yeah, like I'm fine with giving them depth, but you need more of this levity that is super enjoyable. Reggie? What do you make of these rumors of Jughead Jones is somehow alive? I'm angered by them, Miss S. It pisses me off. Yeah, of course, because you deeply miss your friend. What? No. 
I'm mad because that weirdo beat me to pulling off the most epic senior prank of all time. Faking your own death? That's legendary. It'll never be forgotten. <laughs> Fair. And also, it's pulling on the fact that that's what Reggie has been talking about this whole season. His prank. His pranks. What's the prank is? What's the prank he's gonna pull off? It's yeah. like, damn it, Jughead beat me. Damn. So we go over to Pops and Betty's sitting there waiting, and then Archie comes. And we've seen this before, and this yes. is when Archie comes, and Betty's upset because she's been waiting for Jug to return, or you know, or whatever. She's like, she's holding on, and Archie takes her hand, and we pull out, and we see that Cheryl hears all of this because Cheryl's on Betty's suicide watch. Uh huh. So that's kind of cool. I like this. And so we cut to the next day at school and Betty's walking down the hall and she sees that there's been like this memorial made to Jughead's locker. And Betty sees this and it makes her really upset. So she runs away and Archie follows her into the music room. They hug and they talk and then they kiss. And Cheryl has followed her and she starts taking photos because of course. And then what Cheryl does, and this is why Cheryl is a garbage person and can die in a fire. I know. What does she do? She sends them to Kevin and Tony and Reggie. And literally everybody else, it's assumed. That's who we see receive them. And then Reggie gets them and he shows them to who he's around. And we see them react to it. That's that's the first thing she does with them, which is fucking despicable. You don't ever fucking do that. No. You, you want to take a picture so you have proof that this thing happened? I'm fine with that. In the world of cheating, if you you suspect somebody's doing something that they have no business doing, that's bad. Okay, fine. You take a, You think someone's cheating on their person? Take a picture. I got no problems with that. You're going to do some stupid shit. You deserve to get caught. Either you go to the person doing the wrong and say, I have this photo of you. Either you can tell the person that you've wronged or I can. Yeah. Those are your options. You have 24 hours. Or you can go to the part, whoever, whoever, I'm fine with you, depending on who you have the relationship with. Or you can go to the person who you believe is being wronged and say, hey. I was in a position to see this. I took a picture. Do with this information as you will. The end. Or, third option, you say fucking nothing. Well. Because that is an option. That is also an option. But if you're going to do this, if you're going to take a photo, you don't fucking share shit with anybody who's not actively involved in that situation. But it's Cheryl. But it's Cheryl. It's Cheryl Blossom. That's she's, what Cheryl Blossom would do. She's a garbage human. Yes. She's a garbage human. Yes. So there's that. So we cut to Veronica's in the bathroom. Cheryl comes in and, what's wrong? Okay, brace yourself for just devastation. Shows her the picture. Son of a bitch. Cut directly to bursting into the doghouse. Hey! Betty, really, Archie, of all people, Betty, how could you do this to me? Ronnie, what? Don't play innocent with me, Archie Andrews, kissing my best friend in the music room, where you and I had our fun. Why should I be surprised that's your special place, isn't it? That's where you take all your women, me, Josie, Mrs. Grundy, and now Betty. Meta. It's so fucking meta. It's so good. And shame on you for taking advantage of your friend when she is grieving at her most vulnerable. B, I I need you to know I don't blame you. (laughs) This is so fucking great. It's so soap opera. The fun part is they keep panning to the other side characters. Like they're looking at Kevin like, what's going on? And see, when Veronica made that last line, I need you to know I don't blame you. Every one of those fuckers should have known. This is all a joke. Of this, course. This is all a setup. If Veronica was that pissed, she'd have decked Betty in the face. Oh, she just slapped her. She was Yes. Her. Betty stands up. It's my fault. I'm the one who started it. I kissed Archie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry. You're sorry. You scheming two-faced bitch, Betty Cooper. You know what? You two deserve each other. Burn in hell. The both of you. And so, like, Veronica walks off. And then I, like, <laughs> Tony's like, you tell him, girl. <laughs> Because I feel like, honestly, I feel like the only person who could see what was happening was Tony. Is like, I'm not getting involved with this shit. I don't. This is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. <laughs> so then we cut to Kevin filming again. And this is this is the fan service that I'm annoyed with. I get it. Alice, why do you think people are so ready to accept the fact that Archie and Betty are dating? I think there are a lot of closeted Barchi stands out there who have been waiting for this moment. We just hope that it's true. Sounds like you're one of those stands. Oh, don't get me wrong. I support Betty and whoever she likes. There's a lot of people who don't think Bughead should have happened. It's always supposed to be Betty and Archie. It was like it was their destiny. (laughs) The funniest part about this is he's like, no, 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 no. I just support Betty. And it was like, but really? (laughs) No, no. Like, I. (laughs) what I love about that is especially since episode one, like their end game. Like that, like he's the one who started that end game bullshit in the fucking show. I love it. It's hilarious. 
He's the only person who could have this conversation. So I give them credit. So if you're going to fucking do this, you gave it to the right character. I just, I found it adorable and a nice tongue in cheek reference to the whole thing. I just. Oh, I get it. I get why it would bug you too. Yeah. I just, they're just, they're just all jackasses about it. Yes. As as RAS and then the cast specifically has said some shit to try to pretend like they're better than this storyline. And I'm just like, fuck off. Oh God. That's. That That, is the linchpin of this whole story. Like, it's the basis of your entire IP. Like, I understand, like, if you're going to do it, you want to make sure it's original and interesting and not stale and boring. Totally, totally fair. And be like, we don't want to ever do anything that's expected. Totally fair. But don't talk about it as though you're above it because you're fucking not. No. Not when you're going to use it as a crutch. He's just like, you know, if Betty and Archie being together proves anything... It's that Jughead is definitely dead. I know your daughter pretty well. Not even she's crazy enough to date Archie if Jughead were still around. Got the intended effect. So that that was the whole purpose yeah. of this conversation. We Absolutely. just didn't need all this pontificating to get there. I get it. I, it's just a fun joke. Yeah, whatever. We go over to the blue and gold. Betty's there. And Donna shows up. Uh-oh. Hi, Betty. Here alone? Why? Are you here to kill me? <laughs> and so she's just here to be like, um, I know you're hiding Jughead. And but I just like, you're obsessed. It's not healthy. Oh, this one, this one was just the twist of the knife. And Donna's just like, you know, it's fine. I didn't expect you to just tell me, but I know he's close by, somewhere you two can be alone. You know how I know? Because I saw that sex tape of yours and he yells up. Based on the contents, you two can't go two hours, let alone two days without it. And Betty just looks like, you're an actual monster. <laughs> I think that's the one genuine reaction from her. It's like, wow. Wow, you actually watched a sex tape? That's gross. Not just that, but you like memorized the details. You are awful. <laughs> and then like, you are an nymphomaniac who's going to trip up sooner rather than later. And I'll be there to watch you fall. <laughs> And so we cut to Alice is filming Betty, and that's when you believe Donna started following you. She had fixated on me, and she was convinced that I was sneaking around, which was true. I had been visiting Dilton's bunker. (laughs) It had become a nightly ritual. First, stop at Pops for dinner, and then I'd head to the woods alone. And so we see Betty go to Pops, and then we see Donna's following her, and then we see her go to the bunker, and, like, she goes down into the bunker, and we see Donna following her, and, like, she's kind of skeeved out because, you know, it's a bunker in the woods. And then we see her go down in the bunker, and then she's like, gotcha! What the hell? Oh my god, Donna! Get out of here, you pervert! And she's making out with Archie. (laughs) And it's fucking hilarious. Like, Donna's totally freaked out, and she runs away and leaves. Oh, it's great. Perfect. So we cut back to filming with Betty. How long have you been meeting with Archie in the bunker? It kind of started up after... Nothing to be ashamed of, Elizabeth. I promise you'll feel better once you tell the truth. In that case, before you hear it from someone else, I need to tell you something off the record. Okay, honey. So we, we see like the tape cut, and then we have a complete change to Alice sitting at a table and she's filming herself. Well, as it turns out, this is not simply a story about a murder in a small town. No, it's a story about friendship and conspiracy. And what happens when those two things dovetail into a highly sophisticated (laughs) cover-up? Cut to Archie and Veronica in his room. Post-sex. So our little gambit worked. Between the look I saw on Donna's face in the bunker and your performance in the student lounge, you can thank Helen Mirren's masterclass for that. I have to ask, when you were pretending to be with Betty, you didn't feel anything, did you? Veronica's getting a little insecure. Of course. Fair. Ronnie, when will you learn? You are now and forever. The only girl for me. Liar! No, he thinks that's true. That's fair. In this moment, he thinks that's true. That's absolutely fair. He has never not been in love with Veronica. Unconscious liar, I should say. He knows no other truth. (laughs) That's what that is. (laughs) That's a good phrase. He knows no other truth. And then we cut back to the bunker. Even by our standards, this was a pretty crazy week. And we cut over around Betty's head, and Jughead sits up in the bed. Jughead lives! Well, pretending to be dead is one thing, but hiding under a cot in this sex bunker of death while you make out with Archie just to convince a bunch of evil preppies that I did die? Yeah, that definitely cracks the top 10 craziest things. (laughs) It's very cute. I was so thrilled that they decided, okay, 
we've made the big turn. He's alive. Let's just make sure we all know, okay? <laughs> I will give them credit. There was a solid episode where I was like, did they kill him? Did they actually kill Jughead? Yeah, I know. Like, I was, there was a solid 20 minutes of Riverdale watching where I was like, they might have actually, like, officially killed him. Nah. It didn't. It, it was- <laughs> but I'm just, I'm so glad that they did all of this mm-hmm. and then in the same episode made the reveal because- yeah. If they'd have strung it out longer, it would have just been annoying. Well, I really hope that that what they learned from season three with all the stuff with the Gargoyle King is that you can't, you they just dragged everything out for so long. Oh, yeah. You have to give us something. You have to give us ti- these tiny little reveals to make it worth it. Well, and Jughead being dead or not at this point is inconsequential. Yeah. Because it's not the most interesting part of the story. No. So if you still want him to be alive, just let him be alive. Yeah, because then it becomes, how did you pull this off? And then why did you do it? Yep. And you can take time to answer both of those questions because those are multi-layered questions. So they talk about like, okay, now we've got time to like figure all this out. She hands him a new beanie. And he's adorable. Because, you know, they burned his other one. He's like, when did you have time to do this? She's like, oh, we managed trust in different ways. And she puts it on his head and then she adjusts it, which is a callback to the campfire scene when he put it on her head and adjusted it, which is very sweet. No. And Jack is like, are you sure telling your mom was a good idea? (laughs) Well, considering Charles, your dad, Jellybean, Dr. Curdle Jr. and Mrs. Andrews are all in on it. Yeah, I felt it was a prudent thing to do. (laughs) So again, I really appreciate that we know that all the adults are in on it. Otherwise, this is so fucking stupid. There's no world in which I can buy this. Oh, no. No, no, no. I do like the Jellybean's in on it, too. Yeah, true. Like, that would be cruel. When you kissed Archie, none of those old feelings came back, did they? Chughead, no, of course not, okay? Don't be silly. You're the only man for me. She knows no other truth. I mean... She doesn't. She doesn't know. She has loved Archie before. That is true. And she loves Jughead now. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true for Betty, though. It's a different thing. Hmm. That's fair. It's a different phrase. That's fair. I don't know what the... I will think of a phrase. (laughs) That's that's only accurate for Archie. Okay. Because she knows the truth of loving Archie. (laughs) (laughs) Our scheming can take the night off, don't you think? And so then they decide to have sex. Yay! So we cut to, it's for filming with Veronica. So I understand you made quite the public spectacle over Archie and Betty's romance. I think you mean I gave an amazing performance. But weren't you afraid that something might actually spark between them? I trust Archie and I trust Betty. To be honest, the thought never crossed my mind. And then we cut to Archie and Betty texting. And Betty texts Archie, thanks again for the help. Hope I wasn't a bad kisser. Wink emoji. Very, you know, it's very sweet. It's a, it's a friend, it's a friend type message. It's a friend it's not message. That bad. She's being sweet. Yeah. He messages back. He starts typing. LOL. <laughs> you were great. Happy to do that anytime. But before he's presses send, he deletes it and says, LOL. You were great. Betty texts back. Kiss emoji. Night. And Archie texts back the exact same thing. Uh, and then he just kind of stares at it. Uh oh. You might be learning some new things. You might be learning some new things about himself and Betty. So we cut to the Not Cooper house and we're filming all three of them. The question still remains. Why did all of you go to such extraordinary lengths to convince the preppies and pretty much the whole town of Riverdale that Jughead was dead? And so Betty says, because they were trying to pin a murder on me. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Because we're in warfare with them. And, you know, the only way we'd be able to pin the attempted murder of Jughead on them is if we force the Stonies to crack. And Alice is like, you seem confident that they will. And she's like, well, I wasn't certain. But after the last few days, I think they're gonna crack. Yeah. So then we cut to Donna running into Brett's room. Stop what you're doing, Brett. I have proof Jughead's alive. Whoa. Donna, slow down. How can you be sure? I told Betty to an apocalyptic bunker where she sloppily swaths saliva with that carrot top Neanderthal. It was all a charade. They had takeout from Pops, that little diner that Jones was obsessed with. And what? There was an extra burger? Archie's built like a superhero. I'm sure he could wolf down a dozen. I love that Brett's like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Forget about the burger. (laughs) There was not one, not two, but three milkshakes in evidence. I am sure that Jones must have heard me sneaking down the ladder so he hid as to not get caught. Donna, look. I love how condescending he starts getting to her. He's super condescending, but also he's just like, Good God, take a fucking chill pill. Maybe you should let sleeping dogs lie, take the win, 
Forsyth's dead. We killed him. First time. Someone has said it. Yeah. That we killed him. We killed him. It's good. Ponytail's obviously moved on. It's time you do the same. She slaps him. <laughs> she, she just stands there for a cool second and a half and then just slaps him in the motherfucking face. Don't you ever tell me what to do. In case you've forgotten I'm the brains of this operation, we still have a job to finish. A meddling girlfriend to pin it on. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love that he calls her sir. Oh, That's man. the best. And if you ever undermined me again, you will go the way of Jonathan. May he rest in peace. And that's a fact. What? Huh? Jonathan's dead? So that's why he wasn't at the funeral. Uh-oh. He was at his own funeral. Okay. <laughs> Donna has fucking lost it. I love it. It's the best. <laughs> so we cut over to the Pembroke. And the girls are wearing the same color. <laughs> Veronica is wearing almost an identical dress to what Hermosa was wearing previously. And they're wearing like the same cut of dress. So like they're dressed, they're mirrors of each other almost. Well, 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 if isn't the girl who cried Poppy. I did a little digging like you asked me to. And you're lucky I'm such a good PI because you'll never believe what I found out. <laughs> so we cut to the bunker and it's the core four. As it turns out, my darling half-sister is actually good for something. At my behest, Hermosa put her private eye skills to good use and did some digging on those stonewall wasps. And your pal Donna is not so sweet. Everybody, brace yourself, because Donna Sweet is actually... And she pulls out a piece of paper and shows it to the four. Audience doesn't see it. Oh my god, of course. Jughead takes it. This is true. This is our smoking gun. This is the final piece of the puzzle that we needed. I think I know how to take these stonies down once and for all. Riverdale. It's so good. Damn it. Okay. I want to know. Okay. I got to know who it is. So a lot of people instantly said, well, she's got to be Chipping's daughter. She's someone's daughter. It's got to be someone important. And my instant thought was, her last name is Sweet. She's Principal Honey's daughter. Yeah. Or relation of some sort. Oh, yeah. I have said from the beginning that Honey is somehow connected to Stonewall. He has a rivalry with Stonewall. He wanted to beat them. He also wanted to impress them when they came to that football game. He has some history with Stonewall that is not great. Maybe he was kicked out of the Squills. I can never fucking remember. Quill and Skull. It's Squills. That's what their fucking name is, Squills. It's something along those lines. That is the connection. Honey, sweet. Love it. It's great. It's perfect. So that's that. I don't think there's any connection with Charles. No. Because of how he's come in and out, Charles is a long game for the fifth season to uh, me at this point. I, I still really like your idea that his long game is that he wants to force her into being the new Black Hood. He yeah. wants to enact her serial killer gene. I love the end of the season is that she murders somebody and she now has to battle her own serial killer gene and she's the big bad for season five. I yeah. would love for her to... To, to actually be the big bad. Well, or, and, maybe, and maybe not be a murderer, maybe just have to kill out of self-defense. Or, <laughs> here's my other theory, is that we've been saying that it's Hal is the problem. Alice is actually the problem. Ooh. And Charles has the serial killer genes and his get enacted. Yeah, that's like, far that, more likely. Like, and Alice is the one who's actually perpetrated. Like, Alice also has the serial killer gene, but she's been blaming it all on Hal. I mean... Which would also make sense and would totally... Because Alice, again, the acid, what the fuck up? Like, that's a whole thing. Well, it, it is, but it could also... I mean, here, here's the flip side of that. Is that she has it. Uh-huh. She's managed to control it, mm -hmm. but it's a struggle. But but again, remember what she said. I know what she said to Betty in this episode. It was a total throwaway line. I know what it's like to do something out of rage and anger. Yeah. So Alice has probably killed somebody. Eh, I don't. It could be. But I also think that well, could just I mean, be she understands man. what that feeling is. I know. Shady man. There's that whole thing. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, that leads us to a preview for next time. Next time on The Locked Room. Mm. All right. Let's go watch it. Okay. All right. Well, I would really love next episode to be a bottle episode. 
that oh we'll- they're shaping it to be that way well okay so they've got like we've talked about it a lot this season that they've gotten better about making their next time on previews tell you basically nothing the name of the episode is The Locked Room. And the synopsis, again, their synopsis have also gotten better in telling you basically nothing. Jekyll and Betty confront Brett, Donna, and Professor DuPont and unravel their plan to commit the perfect murder. Yep. Now, that makes it sound like it's rife to just be a bottle episode where we get like a beginning and then an end scene. But I'm looking at the cast list and only 15 people are, are listed. So we're literally going to do it in the locked room. After this next episode, episode 16, there's going to be a month-long hiatus. A month long? Well, because there's going to be a month-long hiatus, and then we're going straight through till sweeps. That's fair. So that's fine. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the break, because we're also coming back to the musical. Let's say out of the 42 minutes of the episode, 35 minutes of it better be in the locked room. Hell yes. Just Jughead, smarmy, sarcastic. Smug Jug. Come on. Hey guys. I just want smug jug all day long. Oh, it's so good. Smug jug time. Smug I jug love time. when Cole Sprouse is just being a little shit. Oh, you mean when he's just playing Cole Sprouse? It's so much fun. Have you ever have you ever read the tweets that he sends his brother? Yes. Because they're adorable and I love them very, very much. I'm like, I appreciate this. Uh, he and Betty just have the most smug looks on their faces the whole time. It's going to be great. But also, what happened to Jonathan? Because he's definitely not in the episode. Well, they're going to tell us, I'm sure. <sighs> he's in the locked room. Oh, no. He's in timeout. Da, da, da. All right. So until next time, hashtag Go, go Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.